Please turn in your Bibles to this morning's scripture, John chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. John 2, beginning with verse 12. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there for a few days. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word which is true and is truth. This was an actual account. This is what happened. Thank you for preserving it for us today. And now, Lord, as we, as we consider your word, as we consider what you have to say to us, your children, Will you give us ears to hear and hearts that are so open to you that they are willing to be conformed to your will? And we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, often on... Sunday, as uh, folks are going out the door, uh, one or more, depending on the sermon, people will say to me uh, something like, um, boy, that, that was convicting, or you really stepped on my toes today. And uh, I will usually say, well, you deserved it. I'm glad you felt that way. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think I've ever said that out loud. Um, <laughs> usually what I will say is, uh, one of my answers is, well, you know, you're actually lucky. You get it for 30 minutes. I have to live with this all week long, this same message. And so it really shouldn't have surprised me this week as uh, I began last Sunday afternoon and continued into Monday working on uh, the message for today on anger that... Uh, God would test me and teach me. So the first test came on uh, Monday. I'm not going to walk you through every day of my week, but uh, on Monday as I was driving home, uh, getting off the highway, just whistling a happy tune, I'm sure, as I was 
on, on my way home and uh, going from highway speed to someone on the ramp that was going like 25, 30 miles an hour. I slammed on the brake and said out loud, nobody was in the car with me, what is going on here? And then put, putted behind uh, him the rest of the way on the same trip. <laughs> I was uh, uh, in traffic and uh, bumper to bumper, uh, as it were, and someone to the right of me began moving right over towards me quickly. And uh, I laid on my horn, which that was frustrating too because my horn, I'm in a Honda Civic. It sounds like the road runner. So, <laughs> so I, I'm going beep, 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 you know. <laughs> and what I wanted, what I wanted was a diesel truck. Uh, I wanted to punish her for that. Oh, did I say her? I'm sorry, I didn't. <laughs> that was Monday. Well, I, I know that all of you could, could give me illustrations, and you don't have to at the door on the way out, but, uh, <laughs> but that's just life, isn't it? Um, anger and dealing with anger, no matter how calm you think yourself to be, it's something that we all have to face. And uh, the scripture speaks much of it. Proverbs speaks much of it. If you're visiting with us, uh, we have been in a series in uh, Proverbs, uh, not going verse by verse, which is our more typical way of studying God's word, but Proverbs being Hebrew poetry and the way it's, it's uh, uh, formulated, uh, we've been doing it thematically. And so um, as we, we look, we'll be mostly in Proverbs, but I wanted us to, to have what, we, what, what was read this morning as a background because so often... When, when people try to justify their anger, they will quickly say, well, Jesus got angry. Look what he did in the temple. And you know, when, when you read that, is, there's something satisfying about that, isn't there? Yes. But part of that, I think, is our sinfulness because we see Jesus rarely rarely ever doing that. And we see so many things happen in his life that anger us or would have angered us. So let's take a look at, uh, at, at Proverbs. And um, one of the things that I'm, I'm, we need to see right away is that wrongful anger hurts 
relationships. Now, again, I'm saying wrongful anger, uh, godly anger, and we'll talk about this, uh, can have numerous positive results. But what Proverbs primarily speaks of is uh, an anger rising out of wrong motives and so on. We need to understand Jesus' anger never came from selfish motives. He never spoke or acted in anger when he was wronged, but only when the Father was wronged. So let's look at how this anger, this wrongful anger hurts relationship. First, uh, the relationship that it hurts is with the Lord. Um, this must always be our first concern. Now, often our first concern is how it's affecting others or what we have to do with others. And because we see others, we can see the damage that our anger has done to them or the damage it's, it's doing to us. But the Lord should always be our first concern. Uh, whenever we see someone in the scripture properly coming to themselves and realizing uh, their, their own sin, what we see is they will cry out and say, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Or like David, against you and you only have I sinned. When he clearly, his sin affected and hurt many other people. But that was his first concern. So in Proverbs 19, that's where we're going to start today. And we'll be jumping around a little bit as we have been. In Proverbs 19, verse 3, <clears throat> it says, When a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. Now notice what, what's going on here. Here's, here's an, an example of that. Notice it's saying a man's folly brings his to ruin. And then he gets mad at God. When does that happen? Well, let's think uh, someone has a car accident. They don't blame their lack of judgment or if it was a factor, they don't blame the alcohol they had had beforehand or their consumption of that right before driving. But instead, they say, God, if you were fair, you see how wrong that is? And, and that's the example that's given. We do the folly and then get mad at God over it. Now, if that's ever happened with you or if you find yourself like this last phrase says with your heart raging against God no matter what it is how do we handle that? What should you do if you've 
if you feel that anger or you've expressed it toward God. Well, here are a couple of things that you need to know. Each semester, I go in and speak with those that are in the grief recovery group, and that is always a question that we deal with. What if I'm feeling anger toward God? I usually say two things. One is, if you're angry, he already knows that. So whether you've expressed it or not, he already knows what's in your heart. But the other thing is that the very fact that you are feeling anger toward God or expressing it toward him, I think is acknowledging that he is the powerful one and he could have done something about this. And so in a sense, there's a measure of faith even if you are expressing that anger toward God. And then secondly, we need to know this. He's a big God. He can handle it. If you express it to him, he can take it. And he understands. Now, how do we know he understands if we express anger? Well, the reason I am convinced of that is because when people have told me their circumstances and they say, and you know what, I'm angry at God. I feel confident in saying, you know what? God understands your anger. And here's how I know that. Because I understand. I can reason that out. But God's a whole lot more understanding than I am. So he does understand. And if it's wrongful anger... There is forgiveness in Christ. So let's look at another relationship that wrongful anger hurts is with our neighbor or others. Look over in Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs 16 verse 29 A man of violence entices his neighbor and leads him in a way that is not good. That's not good. Now let me give you just one example in the scripture of of this and the the, uh, profound dangers that anger can lead to. Back in Genesis chapter 4, we read about Cain and Abel. Here's what it says. In the course of time, Cain uh, brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offerings, but for Cain and his offerings, he had no regard. We're not going to get into the theology of all that, of why that took place. Here's what I want you to hear. 
God reacts to their offering. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. Its, de- it, its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. You see that? You, gotta, you can't give in to that anger. Cain spoke to his brother Abel. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. What started all this? Anger. Anger at God taken out on someone else. In this case, his brother. Now you might be saying, well, I would never go that far. Come on, that's extreme. I would never kill. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 5. You've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. Everybody agrees with that. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. Whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So there it is. You say you've never murdered. Jesus defines sin in such a way that none of us are let off the hook. We would want to look at the Ten Commandments and say, I've never carried those out. And Jesus says, That's not good enough. Have you thought about those things? Not even thought about murdering that person. You have slayed that person by calling them a fool, by thinking them a fool. And I, along with anyone else, has to say guilty. I'm guilty. Thank God he didn't leave us there. But the good news of the gospel is there is forgiveness. Even for that. Proverbs 29 talks about how it damages relationships by stirring dissension. And then we're going to go back to Proverbs 15. Proverbs 29, verse 22 says, A man of wrath stirs up strife. Proverbs 15, verse 18 says, A hot tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger, 
quiets contention. A lot of you know that I love baseball. There was uh, a a professional, uh, he was first a baseball player, and then he became a manager, and his name was Billy Martin. Now, those of you that that know of Billy Martin, you already know where where this is going. He was uh, known for his explosive temper. Trouble with alcohol, too. Fights in the dugout, out of the dugout. He was a very successful manager in some ways. He won a lot of games. But he was also fired from the New York Yankees five times. (laughs) They kept hiring him back because he could win some games. But here's what happened everywhere he went with that, that, that temper of his, is it would, it would infect the team. And while they might win games over time, his temper, his anger spread, and they'd become dysfunctional everywhere he went. And that's what, that's what this proverb is saying. A, a hot-tempered man stirs up strife. And that's what happens. And sadly, I, I've, I've seen that in churches when the pastor has been that way or the leadership. And I've seen it in lots, way too many families. When the father or mother deal with their anger in an unhealthy way, it affects the whole family. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife. The second big thing is that wrongful anger leads to other serious consequences as well. I'll just read to you from James, which we've said is kind of a New Testament parallel in a lot of ways with uh, Proverbs. But in James 1, it says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. That's almost like an understatement. I mean, who would say the anger produces righteousness? And yet it must be stated. The fact that Proverbs speaks so much about anger shows that if it's not strictly governed, it can be that consuming emotion. And there's a lot of negative things that happens. Here are a few. Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14 Verse 16 speaks about a recklessness. Verse 16, one who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. Again, they're talking about wrongful anger because it it refers to the fool who is the hot-headed, the reckless one. Uh, 
Luther said, uh, a, a fool rushes wildly through. In other words, in, 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 you know, just goes through in a presumptuous manner. That person can't rule or bridle his affections. Now, it's not talking about the person who occasionally gets angry. That's the case for everyone. But it's talking about the, the one who becomes characterized by anger. We all know those people, or you may say, yeah, that's how people think of me. As an angry person, whether or not it's expressed out, outwardly, that's not always the issue. Over in Proverbs, again, the next verse, uh, verse 17, talks about doing foolish things. A, a man of quick temper acts foolishly. A man of evil devices is hated. And then down in 29, verse 29, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exacts folly. Again, when I told you the story about traffic, I bet most of you in here had a moment this week if you drove, if you drove anywhere. I had more than just those two. I came home one, one night and said, I could have just got crunched. I was the first car and a person ran the red light and, and you know, we see that all the time. So what's your reaction when that happens? Or with your children? One mom said, I'm so think I can't mad. <laughs> Have you ever been that way? You know, you're just sputtering. And that's, that's the danger doing foolish things. And then look over in, in uh, chapter 29. Chapter 29, verse 22 tells us it leads to sin. A man of wrath stirs up strife and one given to anger causes much transgression. Again, the, the scripture doesn't always speak badly of anger, but it never speaks positively of a hot temper. The difference is that anger that's acceptable in scripture is that which is righteous and based on righteousness. Being hot tempered is allowing our, our, our feelings and passions to be the guide allowing emotions to rule our actions. So let's look at some applications. Over in, uh, in 29, verse 11, it says this. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Have you ever been told, oh, just let it out? Come on, don't hold it in. Well, there may be a, a time for that. 
But evidently, God says there's a time for another way as well. We're not talking about just stuffing it and not dealing with it, but there's a way to be angry and not give full expression to it. I read about a family who was used to getting together at dinner and sharing their day. Uh, this day, uh, the grandmother said, you know, I, I was riding the bus and I had to stand up all the way and one person came in and had packages and, and bumped me on the way by and another had an umbrella and one stepped on my toe as they went by and the, the little grandson said, well, well, why didn't you tell them off? Her answer Oh, it wasn't worthwhile. We had such a little way to go. How much of your anger could be headed off if we, if we looked at this, that there is a, a time to quietly hold it back, to handle it? What is it in your life that is irritating you, but in the big picture of things, isn't worth getting angry over because we have such a little way to go together. Over in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. So Paul is saying there is a way to have anger and not Sin. In other words, anger in and of itself isn't sin. It's what you do with the anger that becomes sin. So let's go back to, to Jesus. People often like to, to point to him. And too often will say, well, what you just saw from me was righteous anger. He is our example in this. But as I said earlier, he was never angry because someone did something to him. He was never angry because his rights were violated, which they were again and again. Those are never the times he showed anger. What he showed anger for was when the honor of his father was hurt. That's when we see his anger. And his anger, when we see it, is not at individual people, but at sin and at a fallen world. That, that's righteous anger. And then further, we need to understand in dealing with our, our own anger is that the Holy Spirit is the key. Christ, the Spirit of Christ that dwells in his people, he's the key. Here's what it says in Ephesians 4. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. And here's, catch this part. 
Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. I got a communication from a friend. I, I cannot tell you he is a Christian. I cannot tell you his name or location uh, because he's in a, a sensitive part of the world. I've been with him there where he lives, and he is in constant danger. But here's what he said. He began with a greeting, and then he said this. Another deadly attack on two churches in the country has claimed 16 lives of worshipers, wounded 74 people. This news has sent shockwaves of fear to the Christian minority in the country, which is already suffering discrimination as well as militant attacks from the past many years. Right after the suicide attacks on these two churches, fearful, angry young people took the law into their own hands and killed two men accused of involvement in these attacks. This should not have happened as this is not the Christian way of life. Two policemen who tried to stop the militants from entering the church lost their lives. Please join us in prayer for wisdom to deal with such painful happenings. And then he gives three prayer requests. And I see these as applications. Pray for stronger faith, brave spirits to remain peaceful. Number two, pray that all bitterness, feeling of wrath and anger will depart from the hearts of Christians. And number three, pray for forgiveness for those who are causing such pain just as Christ our Lord has forgiven. This is not theory. This is not a, a fairy tale living person saying, we need to forgive somebody someday. This is real life. This is life empowered by the Holy Spirit. This is supernatural. Your life does not have to be characterized by anger. Not if you are indwelled by Jesus Christ. Let's bow together. Lord, will you, where, where it's needed, give us hearts of repentance for our anger, whether it is toward you or toward one another, toward ourselves, wherever it is, Will you, Lord, will you cleanse us of that? Will you enable us by the power of the Holy Spirit to forgive as Jesus has forgiven us? We pray this in his name. Amen.